Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Templates and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats, plus free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to managed service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls. The average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Andy Anderson, who is the CEO and co-founder of DataStream Insurance. He has close to a decade of experience in cybersecurity and technology with leadership roles at Envelope Risk, Dispel, Liquid Space, and Lovely, which we have to ask about Lovely, right? Uh, Andy's also the host of the podcast, Cybersecurity Dispatch. Before transitioning to technology, he was a Wall Street credit research analyst covering the insurance space at Barclays Capital. And he holds a BA from Yale University and an MBA from Columbia University Business School. A former member of the US national rowing team, Andy is now an avid but terrible tennis player. Welcome, sir. Hey, Carl, thanks so much for having me. That's a great and interesting uh, bio because we could just spend 10 minutes on each of those points and we'd have an hour and we'd be done. So. Yeah, no, well, wherever you want to double click, let me know. I, uh, you know, I can bore you in all kinds of different directions. Well, okay. first let's start because my daughter was in crew. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll start with, with the rowing. So um, how did that contribute to your bigger picture of the, of the world? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, um, I, I don't row outside much anymore, right? I still, I still have a machine. Um, but, you know, I think obviously it's, um, uh, you know, sort of trite, but, but rowing is like one of those sports where it's just, it's such a team sport. I mean, there's no, I, I actually rode the single as well. I um, mean, I didn't enjoy it as much because you either win as a team or you lose it as a team in that sport. And it's, um, you know, I think that that sort of embodies what we're doing, um, as a, as an organization. Um, and, and actually what we do kind of with the community, right. I, I think I've been just amazed, um, by the sort of MSP, um, community that, that we've, you know, sort of the core of, of where we operate. And there is just sort of this sense of collective, um, responsibility, uh, and working around this problem of, of cyber risk, right. And just sort of incredible, all these organizations, how we're, collaborating and, and trying to solve it as a group, which is really fun. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. So I'm a, I'm a community builder, right? I have built local IT groups and uh, membership associations and, you know, on and on and on. So uh, I'm a, an honest believer that running your business can be a team sport. Oh, yeah. Right? You always hear, like, oh, it's so lonely at the top. I'm like, oh, it's, it is if you let it be. <laughs> yeah. 
So cool. So what what did we miss in your bio that uh, is not part of your official bio that is useful? Um, well, I'm a dad of two young kids. I've got two two toddlers um, for sure, right? And that's really fun. And um, so that that's where that's my biggest hobby right now. And I, and I haven't put that in there um, for sure. Um, and actually, um, I used to host the Cybersecurity Dispatch. We actually have a new. Um, a new podcast that's actually going to launch probably this week. Um, so the, the cyber crime lab podcast, um, you know, that we're going to start focusing specifically on like on specific incidents and what it was like to live through them, what caused them. I would love a link to that. Yeah. So it's um, cybercrimepodcast.com and cyber the, crime. um, yeah. And so we go, we go deep with, um, some victims who've come on and, and been willing to share their stories, um, a bunch of the incident responders, some you know ex law enforcement folks, um, as well as kind of folks in the private sector. So that that's been really fun. And God, the stories that you hear, you just sort of like jaw on the floor, kind of. Um, and it's and it's funny. I, I was I've been in this space for a little while, both on the insurance side as well as on the cybersecurity side, and and we talk about so much of you know, the things that we're doing to protect against these types of incidents. But I, I was not hearing enough about what it's actually like to live through them, um, partly because there's so much sort of shame and embarrassment um, around what it's like. And so, um, you know, and I think there's so many lessons, lessons learned both on the technical side, um, on the sort of planning side, on the business side. And, and gosh, even on the emotional side for what it's like to, to live through one of those, I mean, it's just been some of the most incredible stories that I've heard. And so have you come up with the checklist that we all need to follow of uh, if this happens, do this, don't do that? Because it sounds like you'd be full of stories of, okay, the six mistakes I made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we haven't, um, that's a great um you know, we haven't come up with a formal checklist yet, but I think that's a great suggestion and we can. Um, I think if off the cuff, I'd have to say, you know, make sure that you, um, you know, you're involving kind of the experts pretty soon. Um, you know, don't wait, right? These, uh, yeah, these, these, you know, these things don't get better with time. They're not like wine, you know, they're more like spilled milk, right? <laughs> so, um, and, um, you know, be really thoughtful about what you're doing. And, and um, you know, I, I think some of the sort of things that you wouldn't think about, like, um, you know, the, the level of forensics that happens is often um, extensive. And so some of your initial, um, uh, initial reaction is, oh my gosh, how do we restart and rebuild and do all of that sort of stuff? And actually how problematic that can be from a forensics perspective, because you right. can end up destroying a lot of the evidence and then you don't know what, what's been touched and what hasn't. And so then the, then you have to make an assumption from a legal perspective that everything's been touched. So you can actually make, you know, a small problem much bigger. Um, I think also just informing folks, right? Like being, you know, being thoughtful about your communications with your, you know, all the stakeholders, you know, your employees and letting them know being, you know, honest, but also maybe not yeah, just being really thoughtful. Like you want to be acknowledge something's going on, but you don't necessarily need to um, be um, 
you know, telling all of the details right away, because sometimes that's not necessarily helpful. But. Well, and it's, uh, you know, one of my rules of life, rules for success is uh, slow down, get more done. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of don't do the first thing that pops into your head, which is uh, unplug it, re reboot it, poke around, see what's what, copy some data. It's like, no, 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 no. You're like destroying the forensic evidence. Yeah. So um, um, do you mostly work with small, medium, or large size MSPs? Um, yeah, so we make, um, we work with a range of MSP sizes, you know, some on the very small side, you know, ha half a dozen, dozen client sort of ends of things. I think the majority of our, the people that we work with are sort of in the middle. And then we also have some large, large MSPs, although we don't have, you know, the, the, the hugest, right, where they've got, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of customers, right? We do have a few that have a thousand, couple the thousand. The I ask is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people have, have seen like the security training and so forth, but they haven't had time to go take a class on incident response, yeah. you know? And, and so it, it, it makes a difference. So let me just take a second step back and talk about uh, what your company is and, and what you do. Yeah. Um, Sure. Yeah. So we are a cyber, a specialist cyber insurance firm. Um, all we do is cyber insurance. Occasionally we do tech, tech errors and emission assurance, which sort of a paired coverage with cyber. Um, we work um, in partnership with um, technology firms, particularly managed service providers and value added resellers. And then some, we, we, and sometimes with, you know, MSSPs um, and other folks, to basically include cyber insurance into their overall um, cyber risk programs that they're doing with both existing and prospective customers, right? And, you know, we, we focused the business here, built the business um, because we saw that there was a real need. Um, cyber insurance is becoming um, a part of so many of these conversations that these um, technology firms are having with their customer and they didn't really have a good partner and resource to help them think about it. Um, and they were, you know, it was becoming um, a real, a real problem in many cases um, from a, you know, from a pure time perspective, you know, they were spending a lot of time filling out applications and, and doing this. It was a, it was a potential problem from a, liability perspective, right? They were answering these questions and doing things that were really probably outside their, um, you know, the, their real expertise, right? Um, and in fact, what we saw is that this, what, what could be a problem for them could actually be an incredible opportunity because what we're seeing is insurance is, is perhaps one of the best opportunities to get customers to really invest and think about the problems of cyber risk um, and many of the things that those IT vendors had been jumping up and down talking about um, proselytize trying to grab their customers by the you know the, the coattails and say you need to do this right um, finally you know by by insurance entering the conversation suddenly those things went from, you know, we should eventually do these two. We need to do these things like this month because our insurance policy is um, up for renewal or we need a contract, an insurance policy for a contract, right? So it, it just, 
I, I was on the phone with an MSP yesterday who said it's turned me into, in, in some cases, from a salesperson to essentially an order taker in terms of what I need to take, which was. Yeah, well, uh, that's true. So um, I, so as an MSP, I can't sell insurance, right? So I can't even resell your product. I don't have a license, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so what is the relationship? I bring you in and uh, you uh, talk to the client um, or you sit down with me and the client or what, how does that work? Yeah, no, you, you, you nailed it. There are, um, insurance is a highly regulated industry. So you can't, as a non-licensed individual or entity, you can't sell or negotiate insurance, right? You can help market insurance, right? And so that's where you can help. And then you can also help reduce in the, um, do some of the loss reduction, the sort of risk reduction right. work around it. And so how, you know, MSPs bring us in, you know, sometimes they, um, you know, it's as simple as them just, um, you know, introducing us over email to their clients um, or, you know, often we'll join calls that they're having with their clients, both one-on-one -on -one, or sometimes we do sort of like group webinars with them um, and sort of think through the problem of, um, you know, think through the think through how they're thinking about cyber risk and how cyber insurance sort of fits into that. Right. And the, and the beauty of us working in partnership with the tech side is that, you know, we can have a, we can often have a conversation at a more, you know, that's more focused on the insurance and more focused on the business with the client. And then we can kind of take care of and, and check all the, you know, check all the boxes on the tech side with the IT provider, um, in a way that often, you know, you, you would end up spending a lot of time with the business um, owner, manager, et cetera, educating, confirming um, what, you know, what, what, what is their cyber posture look like? What technology are they using, right? All of the stuff that, um, you know, the MS, MSP team knows, you know, they've got the records, right? And we're set up to absorb that data, you know, in multiple formats, right? Even integrating to some of the sort of core um, technologies that MSPs are using so that we can easily absorb, you know, they can press a button, deliver a report to us and we can take it in. So it's, you know, the, the analogy we often use is like a medical analogy, right? Where you're, you know, we're a specialist in this and we're part of like an extension of your team. So if the, if the MSP is the orthopedist, we're like, you know, your, your great PT, physical therapy guy who, you know, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we got to take care of the knee, right? You, you, you already, you know, you were, you did the replacement, but now, now let's get the, uh, the rest of the pieces right. together. And it's a very so back and forth collaborative. We had a client for many years who um, manages personnel records for large yeah. companies, like big gargantuan companies. And yeah. of course they were even 10, 15 years ago, they were constantly under attack, yeah. you know? Uh, sometimes we think this is a newer thing, but it's not. Um, but back then, all the forms we filled out, because they would get audited by Coca-Cola or somebody, you know, including their insurance company, and all those forms were paper. Mm -hmm. And month after month, decade after decade, that was paper. I hope that's all not paper anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, that's a little bit like when I have conversations with MSPs and I say, like, you don't have any Windows 2003 servers, do you? Right. And everyone goes like, are we on record here? And then it, it, depending on whether we are or not, the answer will be different. <laughs> right. So unfortunately, there's 
still quite a bit of paper or, you know, the digital equivalent, like fillable PDFs and whatnot that flows around. Um, I think that's one of the things that we're, you know, our goal is to make life simpler for the customer and life simpler for the MSP. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we've built a, a bunch of digital tools to make the process as simple as possible, but, but, you know, we still have to accept data in different formats. And then we sometimes have to submit that data to different insurance carriers in different formats, but, you know, we try and make it as simple as possible, right? And and our view, what we like to do is both at the outset, you know, gather a lot of data, um, standardize it so we can submit, you know, we can get, you know, quotes from like up to 20 plus carriers. And then we also do an audit process where, you know, not only confirming um, the answers and the, and the posture as well, which we think is really important, um, not a requirement from any carrier, if you can believe it, um, but just a really smart idea, um, so that you that it, it 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 catches mistakes or you know inaccuracies more often than you would imagine. It also puts people in a really good place if they if there's a claim and there's a question about what the posture is. Having you know a documented record of what things look like is is really right. powerful. So right? um, here's a question you may not want to answer. Uh, I have business insurance. I have liabilities, errors and emissions, da, 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 da. Is it a mistake for me to check the box and say for $500 more, I'm just going to add cyber insurance? Yeah. So you've seen, um, you've, you know, cyber is sold basically in two forms. Um, it's either a standalone policy, which is mostly what we sell, right? And then there's some package policies. At the moment, we don't sell any package policies. What you're, what you're describing is a package policy. Um, you're seeing there's quite a bit of package policies, but the coverage tends to be, um, you know, much less, um, much lower, and in many cases have a lot of, you know, a lot of exclusions um, and lower limits. Right? I mean, there our our goal is to um, get folks, you know, the appropriate and best coverage for who they are. But there are no screaming deals in insurance, right? So if you, you know, if you paid a hundred. Um, or $500, right, for, you know, a million dollars of coverage. Uh, let's read the, let's read the, let's read the document, right? Because there, it's not going to cover um, what you think it's going to cover, right? And that's what we often find with customers is we do, we do a lot of reviews and we work with MSPs and, and actually just have them start asking their customers, do you have coverage? How much coverage do you have? When does it renew? And who is it with, right? And let's start, start looking at the documents. And it's crazy what we find, right? Um, you know, $10 million plus organizations with $50,000 worth of cyber coverage, which is great. That will almost certainly pay for the coffee for the incident in the first couple of weeks, right? Uh <laughs> so the classic way that we sold uh, telephony is to say, send me three months of your phone bill. And I'll look through it because I yeah. guarantee, a 100% guarantee that I will find an unused phone line that you've been paying for for the last 12 years, yeah. right? I, I will find things where I can literally say, get rid of that, that, and that, and you will have paid for a new phone system, right? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's actually a great way to sell. Is, is insurance a similar thing? Even though I can't say, send me your insurance policy because I wouldn't even know what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah, so we do that. I mean, we do a lot of policy reviews with um, with our partners and their customers, right? And it, it, you know, I wouldn't say every time, but 
more often than you would think, uh, you know, last week we were talking with a customer, um, we could get them better coverage with the same limits. Like they had a million dollars of coverage that they were paying $30,000 for, right? Um, we could have gotten them a million dollars of coverage, better coverage, more comprehensive, less exclusions for $10,000. I'm not going to say that we do that all with every call, but that wasn't unusual. We could also get them that they were a decent sized organization. Um, we could have gotten them three times the coverage. I, I thought they should have, have probably had closer to $3 million of coverage. And we could have done that for $20,000. So two thirds the price for three times as much or one third the price for the for better similar right it's you know it's kind of wild right that doesn't happen every time um but you know prices some you know saving money is is a big benefit but honestly what we see is often cyber is so they're sort of amazed by the price i was blown away by it when i came out of the cybersecurity space and sort of saw some of the sticker prices i mean people sometimes ask when we start to look at pricing, they're like, is that an annual or a monthly cost? Right. right. Because it's sort of like, right. Um, and again, like, I think our, our goal is to, you know, get you the right coverage. Right. But also be thinking about all the technology that you're doing to make sure that that, you know, everybody wants, you know, you to have great insurance and never use it. Right. That's good right. for everybody. And actually what, what drives down, um, you know, costs and, uh, and expenses, right. And, and lets the market function because we're still very early days in the cyber insurance market. I think, I think it's a coverage that almost everybody will, will need and have in significant, um, size. And what, what we see the insurance market doing is helping to standardize, um, and really, uh, make sure that folks are, are doing all the right things on the, on the technology and the cybersecurity side, and actually to provide a lot of like interesting and beneficial metrics and measurement. Insurance is not really great at technology in general, but it's very good at diffusion, right? Of, of new stuff. Um, and it's done that. And I say that because I look at what insurance has done to the fire safety space over the last right. hundred plus years, or what it's done to the auto safety space over the last 70 years. And you just look and you know, what, year after year, additional sort of standards and um, and safety technologies that were making making things safer, and then, you know, working together with the technology side of those those industries, and then with the regulator actually sort of like following behind a couple of years. You know, um, yeah. Well, and this is making these improvements is so necessary because today we're in an environment where. There's always a new regulation. There's new compliance requirements, uh, and then you know, uh, uh, CISO has just decided this year, like every 20 minutes, they're going to come out with some new guidelines, which are completely unofficial and come. Nobody has to do anything, but if you do it, you know, it's a better world for everybody, and blah blah blah. And so some of the stuff that's almost like, uh, hey, that's a good idea, becomes a standard practice because of the people who are putting it out. And it's almost impossible to keep up <laughs> with just the regulations, yeah. let alone whether or not you're following the guidance enough to be secure and have the insurance pay off if something actually goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, for the, obviously there's, so I, you know, insurance I think has a better hi history and record than some of the sort of reputation would 
um, suggest, right? I mean, they've been paying billions and billions and billions of dollars of losses, right? And um, I think they've gone, um, you know, they've gone a long way to try and actually provide coverage for folks, even when it was sort of on the bubble, right? Um, I think what's really, and you know, why we design things the way that we do, right? It's, it's challenging for an underwriter has to essentially take the information that they're given as true, right? Um, and literally the, you know, when a person applies, they attest to the fact that this is accurate, right? And so, you know, a, a, an underwriter can't, you know, oh, you actually didn't do what you're saying, but now I'm supposed to provide coverage because you, um, and there's a line, right? Did you believe what you've done, right? Um, versus you you didn't do it, right? And so that's why we like to do documentation because now it's, it's very clear that you believed it and, you know, to a reasonable level of, um, you know, uh, attempted to understand, right? Um, but uh, I think, you know, to your larger point, I think, you know, I think insurance is in some ways um, a, a mildly more pleasant way to do compliance, right? And I realize that that's like sort of comparing the DMV to the dentist, right? And so um, uh, no, no, you know, I don't want to throw shade on the Department of Motor Vehicles, but like I've never had a positive experience there, right? Whereas I, you know, at the dentist, like depending on who the dentist is, you, you can do okay, right? It, it, it can be not the worst experience. Right. Um, and I think what, um, yeah, I think what you're seeing is, um, you know, insurance has done that. Again, as I look sort of historically, um, I think what's really powerful and what we're seeing with our partners and you're seeing with their customers is the way to think about um, dealing with this risk, um, insurance in some ways can really simplify things relative to the way that we're as a community have been doing it, right? So, you know, you walk in as an IT person, you start talking about, you know, well, are we aligning to this framework? And then we're going to use this whole alphabet soup of tools that we're using. And here are the potential scenarios and what's going on. And, you know, and, and, the, and the customer can ask the simple question, like, well, if I do all this, I spend all this money, am I more secure? And, you know, and by how much? And the answer is, I, I think so. And probably, and, um, and well, no, you're, you're never really secure, right? Are all the answers. It's incredibly um, unsatisfying. Right. Whereas from an insurance perspective, you know, we, we come in and say, and we, we, we say these magic words, which is, um, you know, where you are, um, I believe um, from the insurance um, world's perspective is you're virtually uninsurable, right? And so if you're a business owner, you don't have to know any cybersecurity, anything. You've been taught for the last, you know, however many decades you've been running your business that if you hear those words, you get your checkbook out and you go buy yourself a new roof or a new piece of equipment or whatever. And it's because things have gotten to the place where, um, you know, they're that bad, right? And there's this, um, you know, again, just the way we're doing it with MSP, this sort of level, this higher level or sort of background communication that's happening among the experts who are thinking about and, you know, digging in in the details. And I love NIST, I love CIS, I love ISO 27001, 
but I've seen the spaghetti puke diagrams that they put up when they're like, you know, oh, this clearly just highlights to, you know, right, right. You know the seventh control, right? <laughs> so, um, so we're almost out of time. So let me just first make sure you get your website out there, datastreaminsurance.com. And we'll put that in the links down below, plus your LinkedIn and Twitter and so forth. Um, what's the best way for an MSP to engage you? Because it seems to me like, uh, I'm not going to drag you around to every one of my clients, you know, uh, but it may be that there's something I could do to all of my clients or, or get on a webinar with my clients with you or, you know, what's, what's the easiest way to engage? Yeah. So I would encourage um, MSPs to, um, you know, come find our website. We have a whole partner side of the website that, that they can find. They can just email partners at datastreaminsurance.com and that'll hit the partner team. Um, and, we are here to be supportive of you, um, the MSP community, in all facets of what you're doing, right? Sometimes it's go one by one with your clients and um, and chat as you as you join calls, right? That's what our partners team is there to do. Um, sometimes it's to hold webinars. Sometimes it's you know we've got a ton of materials to help you guys talk about um, cyber risk and figure out you know talk about it in simple English, right? Um, which is always nice. Um, yeah, I mean, we're here to to work with you in however you want to make it, um, you know, easy for you and your clients, right? And 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 I say, and I'm, I'm, you know, there's not one single way because we do it in different flavors based on different MSPs. Um, if you can believe it, this is a passion business for us. Like we love talking about um, insurance and talking with um, with customers because it only takes. You only have to hear like one or two um, stories about what it's like to live through one of these incidents um, and how detrimental that can be for um, the end, the, the, you know, the, the small business um, clients of MSPs, but also MSPs themselves um, for you, for us to kind of wake up every day and say, like, how can we help? Right. And, and how do we give you another how do we give everyone in this community like another arrow in their quiver to address the issue um, and, and use it um, to kind of holistically um, help fix the problem? Because insurance is, I mean, it's, it's one of the original networks. It's one of the original ways that you, you know, it's, it's a collective product where we're all, we're willing to share the risk, right? And what we're really doing is thinking about, um, the other levers of not just the financial instrument, but how do we, how do we talk about what we're seeing and get data around what's working and and feed that into the community to drive the you know to drive the risk lower and to avoid these types of incidents and then that drives pricing down and as we see pricing come down and on stay low you see additional adoption and and we see this I mean the the the, the space is exploding um, so. You know, we're just we're just trying to get it in the hands of the of people and and understand that they shouldn't be rolling their dice um, with the with the future of their business and all their employees and the things that they built for decades. Um, you know, for what is in most cases like pennies on the dollar from a you know from a total um, cost of well, running the business. So we're, we're basically out of time, but I got to say, I always love the analogy between insurance and IT support. Right, uh, I am pretty well educated, but when I read my insurance policy, I understand every single word in isolation, but I do not understand what I have bought or 
<laughs> you know, all of that. And at the same time, I understand I have to do this. And I, I, this is a piece of what it costs for me to keep my business in place. And someday the ship will hit the fan. And if I haven't done this right, there will be a problem, right? All of that is a great analogy to our industry. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's, it's about time that we partnered with insurance to make the world a better place. Yeah. And, and we speak insurance ease, but we try and speak, and we speak tech, but we try and mostly speak in English, right? If we need to use the two other languages, we will, but you know, for everybody involved, like, what does this mean? Um, you know, how does this actually work? Right. And, you know, just being a specialist means what we do all day, every day. Right. Um, and, and that's been helpful, helpful for, you know, for customers, helpful for MSPs, um, you know, and however, however you want to grab us, we're, we're happy to chat about it. Uh, Very good. Well, sadly, I'm going to have to invite you back because uh, I have about a thousand more questions, but uh, no, 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 this is great. Today. I certainly appreciate it. And this has been another SMB community podcast. Cool. Thanks, Carl. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.